Good morning and welcome to The Bright Side. This is Alexis Robin on December 12th, 2016, rolling up here on the end of the year and uh, looking forward to bringing you some motivational stuff today on how executives can create a culture of high performance. So thinking about performance as we get to the end of the year, oftentimes you're either kind of ramping up because you're about to go on vacation and you're trying to finish things and put a pretty bow on things, or you're slowing down because it's almost the end of the year and people are going out of the office and perhaps you're feeling a little bit more holiday-ish than work-ish. So, um, so it begs the question, how can you create a culture of high performance? And this isn't just for the end of December, um, but good to be thinking about now if you're wondering why performance might be dwindling in your organization. There are some things you can do to really focus on it. And the one mistake that I see a lot of executives make when they're driving for high performance is that they focus too much on the task versus the people executing the task. So you'll notice there's kind of two slants in leadership, and oftentimes people will either be more relational and um, more focused on the people and less on the task, or they'll be more task-focused and, uh, and less focused on the people. And with the Leadership Circle profile uh, and the Leadership Circle organization say from their research is that really to be the uh, highest level of leader and have the most leadership effectiveness, you need to be balanced equally on both. Now, what I see happening is that when people get focused on performance, they tend to turn their sight towards metrics and they tend to start looking at goals and numbers and pushing for those. And then all of the people stuff tends to go by the wayside. Um, perhaps the conversations start to get a little bit shorter and more curt. Um, perhaps it's, you know, we're not really interested in what you need, like just get it done kind of thing becomes part of the culture. And so um, the unintended side effect of that is that sometimes the people can feel unappreciated and um, less than taken care of, which can reduce morale and reduce motivation to work hard. Uh, so you want to be thinking about how in a world where tasks are more complex and sometimes it's not just easy to solve a simple algorithm or, you know, assign something to a machine, you know, how do you motivate that human power and their mind behind those tasks to drive performance? And paying attention, you know, as we, in history, I've heard people say, you know, oh, through the the recession we've had, it's like, oh, well, soft skills, like we're not spending any money on that right now. Uh, and in the past, the reality is when you're not spending money developing your people or caring for your people uh, in a time where things are tough, maybe you're working with less bodies, that can be really difficult. So if you want to drive performance in your large organization, you really need to turn your focus to the people behind the flywheel. So who are these people and, and how do we motivate them? So, so here's some ideas for how to do that. The first is knowing and stating your company values. So before you even start to drive for performance or, you know, get your people motivated, you want to think about like, what are the values that our company embodies? What do we care about? What are we all about? And you want to make sure that those are posted and visible and that you're sharing those. And then when you're in the hiring process, that you are hiring for performance by finding people whose values align with those of your company. Because there's nothing more uh, 
difficult than working in a place that is out of alignment with your values. And what that looks like is perhaps you um, have a real strong value around honesty or integrity, and maybe you get hired by a company who's willing to, you know, bend the rules a little bit and not everybody gets the same fair deal. And, and maybe it's uh it's okay to tell clients a little white lie if it works out better for the company. And if that doesn't sit well with you, that's going to be a total energy drain. And that will get in the way of your ability to perform as an individual. So as an organization, as, a, as the executives of a large organization, you want to really be clear about what your values are and what you stand for. And then you want to attract and retain talent who have similar values because that is going to, um, to motivate them. And according to the viacharacter.org, people who use four or more of their values or what they call signature strengths at work have a more positive work experience and work experience work as a calling more than those who express less than four. So if you can get people who are aligned with values, they'll feel like it's more of a calling for them. Um, also, when you paint a clear vision and purpose for your teams, you know, getting really clear about like, where are we going with this company? What's our big vision? What's the purpose? Why are we here? When people understand where the organization is going and why they'll be more driven to be part of something larger than themselves. So there's a, um, there's research out of university of Pennsylvania by Dr. Martin Seligman, uh, who, created the acronym PERMA for well-being, for the domains of well-being. And he says that um, meaning and purpose, according to Dr. Seligman, is one of the ingredients to achieving well-being. So when you think about your team having more well-being and um, staying in that place of well-being, they're going to have more access to their prefrontal cortex, to that forehead brain, if you will, um, versus dwelling in their fear center. And that's going to expand their perspective. It's going to widen their ability to uh, think about things from different perspectives. They're going to be uh, more creative and really be able to experience more resiliency when problem solving or when things get tough because they do. That's the reality. So painting a clear vision and purpose for your teams is the second piece here. So first one is knowing and stating your values and hiring in alignment with that. Second is to paint this clear vision and purpose for your teams. The third is don't be afraid to push back on the classic job descriptions, quote unquote, or roles and you know, be brave, put people in more flexible roles where they can use their strengths. So according to Gallup's research, when people use their strengths and the way that they define strengths is a natural talent plus knowledge plus skill multiplied by time invested, it regularly translates to a cumulative advantage over time. So think about that. If you're somebody who is very analytical and you're in a job that's highly creative, that's going to be hard. You're going to have to use a lot more energy. But if you're in a job that needs analytical strengths, then you're probably going to be better at it. And the research shows that you'll be exponentially better at it than those people who don't have that strength. So look at your staff, take a step back and say, where are we putting people? What kind of tasks could we swap between different job roles that would allow people to work from their strengths? And when you're working from your strengths, 
you're um, you're more engaged and in fact leaders who focus on their employees strengths increase the odds of each person being engaged up to eight times so that's a big bump and when we're talking about performance and driving performance I want people who are highly engaged in what's going on not somebody who's kind of showing up and link limping along under the guise of mediocrity as my co-founder Gretchen Pisano likes to say so be thinking about how you can put people into roles where they can use their strengths and do things much more quickly and much more effectively than those who don't have the strengths. And don't let those job roles hold you back. The fourth thing here is going back to Dan Pink's great book, Drive, that was published a handful of years ago. Uh, he talks about driving intrinsic motivation. So this idea of motivation that comes from an internal desire versus an external carrot or rewards-based uh, motivation. It goes up when you give your team autonomy. So ditch the strict work from home policies or the rigid start times and allow people some freedom. Most people will do more when you give them clear direction and then back off than if you're micromanaging them. So figure out ways to give people autonomy. Some of the best ways to give autonomy is to get really clear on measurable outcomes that you're looking for Put those down in writing, make sure they're understood, and then just get out of the way. You can check back in midway to make sure people are on track. Um, you don't want to just completely ignore your people. That's not motivating either, but, but definitely giving them some space to do things the way that they find best is, uh, is very valuable. And Pink also states that being able to develop mastery in a subject promotes intrinsic motivation. So saying yes to the training your folks are asking for or allowing them the space to try and fail on their way to mastery is important. So you think about greats like Leonardo da Vinci or Ben Franklin, they didn't get it right the first time they tried something. So it's likely that your people won't either. So if you're wanting them to perform and they're moving at a fast pace and they're you know, taking risks and they're trying things, the chances of failure are high. And if you begrudge your or your organization begrudges failure, then your staff could potentially move into states of regret, shame, or fear when they don't execute perfectly on something. And that can lead to slowing the process down, to getting mired in perfectionism, um, putting drag on the system because they're afraid, oh, we don't know if it's right yet, we can't launch yet, and that really slows performance down. So get comfortable with failure if you want to drive performance because it's just part of the process. The bottom line here is that people matter. And if you want to build a culture of high performance, you need to turn your attention away from the goal by itself and onto the people who are driving towards the goal. So get clear vision, communicate the purpose of the vision, put people in the right place based on their strengths and values, and then get out of the way. There's a great quote that I'll leave you with by Tim Ferriss uh, that was in the book, The Most Human Human. And he says, it's amazing how people's IQ seems to double when you give them responsibility and indicate that you trust them. And likewise, it halves when you take it away. I just think that's such a great quote about the testament of when you believe in somebody, it gives them agency to perform. And when you, uh, when you show them that you trust them, it really helps them to perform. And so, um, so be thinking about these different ideas. Uh, this is Alexis Robin with P-Link Coaching Center for Excellence. You can check us out on the web at plinkcoachingcenter.com. That's P is in positivity and link, L-I-N-K, coachingcenter.com. We've got a great library full of free tools, uh, motivational articles, um, 
printouts that you can use for 15 minutes of training, all free. So go ahead and log on there and check that out. And that's in our library page. We look forward to bringing you into the new year with some great bright side episodes. And uh, if you need coaching for your organization as you're moving into 2017, please reach out via our website. Have a great week and stay motivated.